A few years back, I built a piece of software that I had an intention of making a business of it. And that intention isn't completely gone, but I definitely shelved the project. And it was all about making it easy for sending and managing uh, replies to invitations and then associated questions with those invitations. And that, that, uh, that could happen all over email. And it could happen without any central organization knowing you did anything. That's, uh, that's to say that the revenue model for that tool wasn't to uh, essentially sell ad, um, what are they, ad inventory to people who are your, your party goers or to you yourself, the host. It's just that, well, you, a host, are you know, putting t together an event. And well, when you put together an event, there are expenses. So you need to uh, think about how you send and manage invitations normally, if you do that with physical media and what have you. Or digitally, how could you do that where it's just a, it's a fee and no one else has to be involved. And so I built this at a time where, and I, and I still have these beliefs that inviting others to exchange in the data and observe your conversations, it's ideally a choice of, for all the participants. And then where it is sort of incidentally not much of a choice, then it should be not intrusive either and very light touch, essentially. The, the kind of things where um, if you go to a website, someone can tell through their system that someone went to this website, but maybe not necessarily know you, right? And there are ways to, to try to make that more specific, like overall the addresses we use when we connect to the internet are somewhat geographically associated. So when I send a request in my web browser to visit a, uh, a website that happens to be hosted in, uh, in France or the United Kingdom or wherever uh, over, overseas, that uh, that provider of that web presence can probably tell someone from uh, the, the Midwest region of the United States visited their site. So I, in that level, I think is, is reasonable. And none of, and it's, and there's a lot of imperfection in, in that as well, because that could be someone from Hawaii using a, uh, a virtual private network where they pop up as, as their uh, public presence in the Midwest region. And then they go to a website and then it just, you know, to that website, it looks like, well, this person, this traffic came from this location in the U.S. where it didn't really, it, it didn't really originate there. So lots of, um, inaccuracies and stuff. And one can, one can assume, um, that, well, okay, nobody should have access to any of this. And, and I think the, the, the reasonable expectations of someone showing up in public and being able to be observed in public as a person who exists, but not necessarily know who that person is. Um, you, you can tell like if, if you have a comic shop and there are, there is no traffic today. <laughs> it's not that both comics disappear and money piles up on the register, but you never detect people. Maybe that's fine, but I don't mind those traditional um, real-world situations having analogs digitally. Anyway, 
that's a thing I think about a lot. I also think a lot about um, end user license agreements or EULAs. And so I'm, I'm totally not a lawyer, but like when I, when I wrote this piece of software, one of the things I did spend probably too much time on is read up on, can I create a license agreement that is honest and clear and simple? And I, I, took a, I took a swing at that, even though I'm not a lawyer. I just wanted to build a system based on the um, beliefs I have and make a, make a business out of it that I thought could be uh, useful and helpful and, and, and have a, a fair way to engage in trade with its audience. Anyway, this app was called It's My Party. And if you use the Wayback Machine, you probably can find it and uh, in the web, web presence. Uh, I hosted it when I had... Uh, my own custom site at stenzingersoftware.com. And that was a big project. I, I worked on that for a, a number of months and then decided to, you know, switch from that hiatus to go fully into user experience uh, consulting. And that was, uh, and, and also a fun, interesting time as well. But, um, I, you know, there's so many things that I want to apply like lessons that I, that I feel like I was able to um, experience that uh, it's, it's always a gamble when, when you choose to make, well, whatever you end up choosing to do with however you engage in trade, whether it's, well, I'm going to put in this investment and build a thing on my own time, or I'm going to uh, do, build a thing part-time or whatever. There are so many factors. And so like It's My Party had some, feasibility problems with uh, email clients don't all treat email consistently. And that was a big part of It's My Party is to be able to have the sort of text conversation with anything from, I don't know, Novell Netware to uh, Lotus Notes to Microsoft Outlook and Microsoft Mail to Gmail and Yahoo Mail and, 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 right? I mean, just Hotmail, of course, and, and uh, any mail you can imagine because people don't all work from the same email client. And I was working through strategies that, was, that were able to solve a lot of problems, but it was an ongoing thing. And it was uh, software that was built and distributed and installed on individuals' machines. And it was cross-platform. It ran on Windows and Mac and Linux. It, and so it had a lot of different complexities and a lot of different goals that, I, that were probably beyond being uh, totally reasonable to put into the first version. And so more or less, I used up my runway and said, well, time to get back to consulting. And, and that was that. But... Um, so, but when I think about it, um, it was a, it was a great, it was a great time to learn how to solve a lot of different interesting hard problems. And I gave me a, um, a significant, uh, way to practice the Python environment and Python language. And, uh, well, of course, learn more about the, um, mime and email, you know, M-I-M-E, all that. Uh, the structure of emails, which is a, a way more flexible than you would think. And, um, and I started off on that whole journey because both I want to build software that solves problems for people and, and is, is sort of just fun and useful, right? Just build things that, that make some part of people's day better 
that's a huge motivator. And also I was frustrated with Evite. <laughs> I was just not liking, because a lot of what I described as I wanted a part of this were things I didn't want and that I was experiencing because I happened to be hosting like a, a monthly video game party <laughs> at the time. And I really didn't want to use anyone else's app anymore. And uh, that, the com- that con- combination of things led to it. And, uh, and it worked for me. It worked for a few, a uh, few friends and family who chose to be, you know, they were kind and brave and, and, uh, s- supportive and, and gave it a try. I learned a ton from, from all of it, from, from other users and coordinating and all that feedback and, and, and that stuff, because, um, I think it was, it was probably the biggest piece of software I built as an individual, compared to things I worked on small teams working on video games and also small to medium sized teams working on uh, different apps and tools in a, in a larger organization. But yeah, that, that was, um, it's, it's, so when I say that kind of experience for, it means like a lot of code and a lot of interesting problems and challenges with that code. For instance, in its time, there was no simple cross-platform user interface other than like HTML and Flash. And then this, the Python aspect of it was essentially a back end. It only, it did all the, essentially all the hard work of, of managing data and doing all the email sending and parsing and all that stuff. But, um, but it didn't do the user interface. Uh, I, I wasn't able to, at that time, successfully find a, a nice cross-platform way to do it. Nowadays, I would probably use Kivi. That's a very fascinating um, project where you can build things, I, I believe, very cross-platform. I think you can build desktop apps and mobile apps. I know for sure mobile apps, but it's one of those things I've dabbled at because it does look super promising. That's K-I-V-Y, the, the project name. But yeah, so lots of potential things to, to come back to there. And that's like one, I, one of the reasons why I, I hit record and I wanted to just see what comes out of my mouth talking about it's my party is that um for me it's it's this shelved project that i think about sometimes and i wonder if other folks who listen to this have a shelved project that they think about sometimes and that that really has this like maybe another another potential story or adventure to it something could come of it and you know do you ever think about that and wonder what it could be because a lot of tech has changed. And I think about just once in a while, randomly, no idea how this stuff will pop in my head, but I think, huh, I could use this to, to help with it's my party. Hmm. <laughs> then, you know, don't, I don't act on it because it's not an active project, but it is, it's there. It's in the background. It's shelved. But who knows? So there you go. Uh, this whole exploration I did not introduce. I, hi, I'm Rob Stenzinger, and this is the Polytechnicast, a place where I do some, some reflection and journaling about the stuff I make. And sometimes it itself is a thing I make, where it's not just about the, the behind the scenes on a thing. It's, uh, this is also a way for me to try to get to do a blogging type thing and uh, share helpful stuff I run into, and, and it, even if it's just experiences that others might uh, find interesting that's what it's all about. And I'm doing this in the month of November, 2018 and taking a part, taking part in the creative challenge called art sound off something my friend and I, Jersey Joe started. 
to, um, to do more of this, this solo reflective podcasting thing, because we both found such immense benefit of in it. And we weren't doing it that much, but then five years ago said, all right, let's, let's do this challenge and, and do it, do more of it. And then invite other folks to join in and try to m- make it, uh, you know, approachable to do that. So you're going to find the approachable help tips and tools and all that stuff, um, recommendations at artsoundoff.com. You can find the things that, well, I'm posting in Jersey and others who participate are posting uh, via the hashtag artsoundoff on Twitter. And you can see multiple years of things that are, that are, that are out there. And it's super awesome to, to see things that people have shared. But then if you're, if you're like, well, I want to do this, but I don't want to share it publicly. That's awesome too. Uh, this is a really helpful practice for a lot of different reasons and benefits. And I've done some other posts in this series this year, uh, mentioning that and, um, the one about dictation in particular. So again, I'm Rob Stenzinger. And if you have any questions or reactions to this, you can, uh, reach me on Twitter where I am at Rob Stenzinger or via email where I am rob.stenzinger at stenzingersoftware.com. Thank you very much for listening.